Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Verdine. I am joined by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria. Rodrigo Melbach Sanchez Chavarria. Mailbag? Malbec? Malbec. Malbec? Because we're drinking Malbec. Uh, yes. Yes, Malbec. absolutely. Now it's, it's so much that it's part of your name now. Uh, how are you, man? I'm good. Today's been a um, kind of stressful day, so it's like the... It's like the, I don't know, MSL or the, 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 the it's like a draft day okay. for cl- for the club. So, like, oh. get, get, get so Blackhawks stuff, yeah, yeah. So, but also I had to drive my mom to the airport early in the morning. So mama's, my mom's gone. She's back to Peru. So, But she left you some Pisco. That she did. Yeah. That she did. Um, some real nice Pisco. We, uh, we are joined later in the show by a special guest, uh, Joel Voss, who's a, a Portland Timbers fan. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him about uh, Minnesota United and Portland and uh, his busted up lip. Um, but first, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just say, um, let's start with a little bit of uh, tapas news. Um, Alejandro Bedoya uh, this week was named uh, the Alejandro Bedoya Player of the Week, MLS Player of the Week. It's now without been named being after on him. The, uh, yeah. Without being on the ballot. On the ballot, yeah. Apparently he won uh, the, the media ballot. Which, so the media media right? vote is like 75% of it. And he won that because... They, did you, I don't know if you saw the replies to the MLS tweet, which was, here's the four people you can vote for. Literally, there were 800, not a single tweet that didn't say something like vote, vote Bedoya. Bedoya. Yeah, <laughs> so. I saw that. No, I mean, I was I was at home after um, coming back from the game and we were watching, oh, it's Philadelphia's playing. And all of a sudden, three minutes in, and he scores a, a wonderful goal. And then he goes out to the sideline. And I think he was hugging family members. I thought he, like it was no, he, hu- he hugged Ilsino's mom, there you who go. apparently was in the audience. So, so he, hugged, he, hu- he hugged somebody and then made a beeline afterwards to the microphone on the sideline and then just did his... Uh, he said uh, he yelled into it, um, uh, uh, Congress, it's time to act, time to fi- finally do something. I'm, I'm blanking out. I should have pulled it up. Yeah, it's, it's time to do something about uh, and, gun, gun violence. Yeah, and, and, uh, let's go. Obviously, the, the day before, the, the two violent shootings in, in uh, um, Dayton and El Paso. But Alejandro hasn't, hasn't, hasn't never been afraid not to be outspoken. So yeah. when, when the shootings in Florida happened, he was wearing a shirt in support because he's from Florida himself. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's never and, – and on Twitter, he's been – He's been replying to a bunch of people regarding some yeah. of his stances, and so, so in that sense, he's he's he he gets a thumbs up. Yeah, uh, he's his, my hero. Yeah, uh, his, I mean, his stance on the on the equal pay stuff, nah, not so much. So. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have also the Jermaine Jones uh, interview that happened this a couple last week. Was oh, it? I didn't even read it. Did, didn't what read did that? he say? It, it was something about equal pay, and he was like, "Oh, well, women don't get." It, it was it was no, stupid. Well, right? it, was, it was two things. First of all, he's not for. He believes that the women. Uh, don't need you know ma- don't make enough money that they don't need to be they don't need that. Second of all, you kept comparing when referring to the women's women. You kept calling them girls. Yeah, and Atta so boy. Like, and so like, you're you're like yeah, Jermaine Jones, you're trash. Yeah. So so well, um, congratulations to Ali. Thank you for um, saying something. It's simply just bringing it more to the forefront. Obviously, yelling into a mic does nothing, but it gets us to. Uh, it, it allows you to to use that position to at least continue to. Um, if people aren't going to do anything, then at least we can make it hell. Um, so yeah. make it hell, uh, Ali. Yeah. Um, the action is in the reaction. So um, and so uh, and then the, the the other stuff is so EPL is back this this weekend. I'm going to set up a Blackheart uh, EPL fantasy league. I'm terrible at fantasy. I always give up halfway through. I give up ten, but, ten um, days into it. Yeah, I will tweet it out a bunch of times. Join it, and um, if you uh, if you are the weekly winner, then uh, then you'll win a free drink uh, the next week at the bar. Um, it's because we're Wait, starting back. We're starting back up. Where I, I briefly had this period where I was able to sleep in. On weekends, well, you until, have children. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I sleep until a solid seven thirty. That's right, seven thirty, eight o'clock. Uh, but this cheer. last weekend, it was the community shield, so I woke up early to clean that damn bar. 
Um, and so, uh, so you know, Liverpool versus Norwich, Friday, 2 p.m., Saturday, uh, 9 a.m. I'll be giving stuff away um, on these game days, like uh, a, like Summit swag, uh, Surly swag, etc. Um, and so, and then um, uh, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, including FC St. Pauli, uh, at 8.30. It's one of the few games uh, that is, like, watchable, not 6.30 a.m. So, um, do that. Come join me uh, and, and watching that stuff because um, I get lonely and uh, and have a rum chata coffee or a, uh, a cider mimosa. Um, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, um, Thomas Chacon, Thomas Chacon, who Minnesota United are finishing signing. He's an 18-year-old from Uruguay. He plays for Danubio, which I had never heard of before, but it's in Montevideo. Um, and he stole Diego Forlan's hair. He stole, yep. He actually is Diego Forlan, who just, but uh, it's a weird, weird, um, he went into a time machine and it's just weird stuff. Um, it's like a Disney movie. Yeah. Very good. Or, yeah. So uh, he's 18. He's a number 10. Uh, he's $4 million for, I think, 70% of his rights, which just is like a sell-on type thing, meaning, uh, yeah. So um, what do you know about this guy? Uh, you can just pretend you've heard, you know, take Oh, I guess that, to pretend now? Take okay. things that other people have said and pretend it's your thoughts. <laughs> uh, well, he, he has a, a, a decent uh, YouTube um, uh, player playing... Um, what Highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Does it have, a good, does it have a good soundtrack? Yeah. No, it does not. Uh, <laughs> should be, it should be, tra- it should be like trend music. Yeah, something like that. But it was, it's, it's interesting. His role, um, he plays as a number ten, at least for the sub twenty, and so he seems to be really, um, from what, from the, from what the high, re- the highlight reel shows, it seems that he's really involved in the, in the, in the aspect of offense, mostly creating, in a sense, you know, and, and fighting to, to, to get the ball back. So that's something that you know um, we haven't been able to see as much. I mean, the closest thing uh, we've we've had of someone in that aspect of it is you know when when Ozzy decides to dribble the ball up and and take the ball from somebody and then just quickly try to try to get the ball up forward. I I think it's a it's at the age of eighteen is 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 a is a prospect in a in a gamble, but for four million dollars uh, and the situation that that Minnesota finds himself, I think it it. It's a welcomed addition. I think a lot of people are surprised at the fact that we were actually in Uruguay, and Tomas Chacon is uh, is is a good project, right? And we know how much he loves projects, right? Yeah. Um, as he is known from here on out, Shakatom, 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 Shakatom. Stop that. No, Stop. he's Shakatom. No. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I, I it, it's. Pretty wild. Anytime we get now that we're in this era where it's like, oh, this exciting eighteen-year-old. We have seen exciting eighteen-year-olds come from South America and peter out in this league, but um, he's going to be ours, and that's pretty fun to watch. And it also then makes you wonder, all right, what's up with Molino and Darwin Quintero? Um, uh, Quintero's only thirty-one. Um, uh, Molino has been, you know, he's obviously still not quite 90 minutes ready, but he's been pretty damn good. Um, you know, do you sell Darwin on? It seems like there's a lot of teams in the league that could use a good number 10 or a you know, second striker who has some production. Uh, Molino as well. Both of those players, I think, could fetch um, a, a pretty decent uh, um, Gam Tam transfer. I also I also think that uh, depending on what the options are for Quintero for uh, extending his contract or picking up his contract, um, you you have to you have to be able to put that in there, right? I mean, uh, unfortunately, Molino had the injury; he was out for a whole year, and that's when Quintero kind of came in and blossomed. But he's also kind of plateaued in a sense, right? Ever since this beginning of the season, it has not been his best season. But at the same time, Quintero or Molino? Quintero. Yeah. Molino, Molino was was out, and so just recently after the Gold Cup, we have seen so, glimpses of, of what he can do, uh, and it's and it's been fun to watch that. And I think, uh, I think in, in my option, I, mean, I I would pick up Quintero and then um, try to see what you can get for Molino. So, yeah, I mean, it is also tough where it's like 
we're also going to we're going into a, a playoff run where you don't jettison your best players during that. So maybe Chacon comes in and they don't do anything. You know, they they give him a few minutes this year. Uh, they they bring him in as a substitute. They give him the end of the season. We only have eleven games left um, to kind of get some get some time. And uh, and then during the off season, they they you know I think Quintero would only have a year left. I don't know what Molino's contract would be like. Um, and then they they figure it out during the off season. I I think it would be very weird to make a decision now. Um, this you would can, be Molino's third year, right? So yeah, maybe they maybe he had four years. I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 completely unaware of that stuff. Um, Chief Decker. Yeah, or someone who actually knows something. So. Uh, yeah, so th- that's that's what I've got. Uh, Thomas Chacon, um, Oscar G asks, "Who is this young DP, and is it for real?" So yes, um, for real Z. And uh, I guess I guess we talked about this. Sorry, he his point though is that with this talk about DQ not signing him next year, are we crazy? It's not like he's making five million per year. I think it's another really good point where it's like um, maybe that's why Molino is surplus, where you still have uh, you dart. Uh, a quality of a Darwin Quintero who isn't making crazy money. He's right. He's only making a million. Am I? Um, Molino is a, is a Mo- good player. And Molino's so. making five hundred thousand. So either one of them, they're they're both really good. I think Molino might be a bit more versatile in that he can play a bit on the wing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's true. But I also think that um, Molino's younger too. So. Molino is younger, but also I think too this if we saw in this last Timbers game is that it, it was very hard for Molino to be able to create offense. And I felt that yeah. when he was... I felt that if anyone was going to replace Quintero, you know, the, the it would be Molino. He'd be able to create at least some of that offense. And, that. and uh, credit to the Timbers, they, they were quickly on him whenever he had the ball. And so he didn't have enough time to be able to disperse disperse the ball. And were, but he also wasn't dribbling at people. And it yeah. wasn't until the later one-third of the game where he was started dribbling at people and started creating opportunities, specifically in the box. Uh, won a couple of free kicks, uh, was able to create some opportunities. And I think, and I think that's, that's the role that he should be in. Uh, but he hasn't also been get, given a chance to do that. I also felt that um, in those type of situations where we are not generating offense through who we're supposed to generate it through, and that's, that's where you, you should see uh, our eight step up and, and dribble more and be able to just you know create create step into that role to create more offense uh which uh unfortunately um Gregor sh- didn't do as as well yeah. and i also want him just whenever he gets more than five yards shoot the ball like he, he, he has that, the range he uh, has the range he's gonna hit one of those but he has to be able yeah. to 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 have that connection that like okay i have five yards in front of me and no one's no one no, one, no one's guarding me just go ahead and just take take a rip and see what happens from that. Because if if it if it if it hits if it's on target, more than likely you'll be able to get a rebound out of that. So last point before we go to the break, I had a conversation uh, recently with. I'm not going to put this on Twitter because Twitter you never get good responses like this. But um, conversation recently with the um, head of the uh, um, VSLT, which is the um, St. Paul NPSL team that played for two years and took this year off. Um, and, son los trapos. and they're looking at coming back next year and we were talking about it and I, I thought I would put this out into the ether that if there are people who are interested in being involved with that and helping it come back and whatever it is if you want yeah, um, that reach out to me send me an email wes at westberdine.com or send me a tweet and, or DM um because I think that it would be interesting to, I mean, we need a good St. Paul team. We need to rival that Minneapolis. Um, uh, and But to, I, I think it, I had a lot of fun going over to those VSLT games when it was at Central. And uh, I think that there's some people out there who might be interested in thinking through, like, what could that be? And just, like, brainstorming if you're going to do something um you know uh, what? How you could be involved? So. They had at least one Peruvian player signed on that team, and so that's yeah. what I think. An Ecuadorian right. coach as well. So. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that's that's out there. I put that in the ether. Um, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk Minnesota United versus Portland. <laughs>
All right, let's talk Minnesota United FC versus Portland. And to do that, we have a special guest. Uh, we've got Joel Voss on Skype. Uh, Joel, you are um, the head of the North Star Casuals, the TA, Nor- the Timbers Army in Minnesota or the upper Midwest or or what? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, so, uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a leader. We are a, a headless uh, group of 10 people that just get together and that's why we're the casuals. But uh, yeah, we're the local Twin City supporters for the Timbers. Um, the majority of our folks have either lived in or are from Portland and just somehow ended up in the Twin Cities and uh, just somehow, kept right. the allegiance with the Timbers. So, well, yeah. we yeah, we watched uh, um, uh, the cup final together in the, in the back room of, of the Blackheart yep. last year. And uh, I, I always say that we'll talk about Portland, the love of Portland fans or the team, but uh, I, I learned to heckle against the Timbers, <laughs> but um, by God, was I cheering for the Timbers in that game? So I, I, uh, I my condolences still because I'm sh- sure it still hurts. But yeah, I was uh, I was at that one and it was a toughie. But you know what? You're here now, and you were here on <laughs> Sunday. So you live in the Twin Cities, but you you've uh, you obviously got to show off. You had like a, a thirty page. Um, pamphlet for all the Timbers Armies fan, uh, Timbers Armies people who came uh, to town and uh, and you showed them off, showed the city off to them and uh, and you got to see them and then you're going to get to see them in a couple nights and so we're going to talk about the game and I'm kind of, we've got lots of questions for you I got a question all right. though. What's your question? So is this casual group of Timber fans are they also Thorn fans? Are they also what fans? Thorns Thorns fans? Um some of us are, myself, yes. Um, some other folks aren't quite as stuck in with the entirety of of, uh, of the Thorns and Timbers, but that doesn't mean they don't love them. It's just that we don't get together for Thorns games. I end up just watching those, usually myself. Yeah, because I have, I have a huge <laughs> we're working Thorns, on it. Ga- That's, Thorns uh, fan definitely at home. So. on the aim, especially we're really excited at the prospect if the Twin Cities end up with a, women, uh, a women's um, soccer league team. I think um, if momentum is, is ever going to show up there, that'd be amazing. It would be just really fun to start supporting um, women's soccer here in town. Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Preach to the choir. So, Joel, right. <laughs> um, before we get to the game, I, I need to ask you someone, people are uh, asking if you're okay. Uh, maybe you can give us the short of the incident with some dumbass Minnesota United fan. Yeah. Um, as casual as they come, I suppose, yeah. uh, in terms of being a fan. Um, yep. So, I was, uh, yes, I was at the game on Sunday. And uh, we were up in the section, and uh, it was myself drumming and um, my buddy Nate capoing with the assistance of our other friend Aaron. And um, suddenly this guy pops up the staircase next to us, and um, first thing he says is, F Portland Timbers, and then continues to start chanting UFC. And it's fine. He got you, man. What are you going to do to that? You can't can't F Portland Timbers. Oh boy. And we blushed because we don't cuss. Um, so, you know, and the protocols were, you know, if somebody comes into the section like that, supposed to notify security while well, hollered for security. Nobody came. Um, I stood up and walked over and said, Hey man, you got to go. And he looked down at me and started chanting in my face. And I said, listen, you got to go. Hollered for security. Security didn't come. Um, he turned towards me and, um, all I really remember was there's a gaggle of people and I got punched twice in the face. My lip got cut and bled. And, uh, yeah, eventually security got the guy down the stairs and he was escorted away from the stadium. And that's the, that's the gist of it. Hopefully back to the hovel where he came from. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. and then the, the, the post, you know, they weren't, they weren't kind of there and prepared, but it sounds like at least in the aftermath, uh, Minnesota security did, what, what was helpful or what? yeah you know it's it's been a really awesome situation i think overall um with the security team um i was just trying to keep a really good silver lining kind of a light on this stuff with um you know stuff happens security wasn't on their game it was loud in the stadium it was loud in our section um you know we could make excuses all day but the bottom line was is that shouldn't have happened and the security team for the from the front office they recognized it yeah. um so the guys in the blue shirts, um, shout out to them. Um, they knew what they were doing, and they worked with security, and they, you know, they're going to alter some plans just to make sure someone's always posted up to make it safer. And that's really the goal. You know, I, I, is it, does it suck I got punched? Yes. Um, does it suck that there's some guy that claims to be a United fan 
walking around and and getting physical with people yeah um but the you know there's there's ways to fix that and the front office is going to work on that so great um that's really exciting well, let's let's talk uh, the actual soccer. Uh, Minnesota United won this one uh, with a late uh, uh, PK uh, by Ethan Finley, and I, I guess um, I'll throw to you to first, Joel, to to get your your takes on the game. Uh, and and I guess we'll, yeah. we'll maybe I'll ask you about the the lineups because <laughs> uh, you and I we we met up uh, at the Dubliner yeah. the night before, and I think both you and I had different ideas of what uh, kind of lineups we'd see. Yeah, it was <laughs> when you the lineups hit. We all kind of looked back and forth at each other and said, "Okay, what's Wednesday going to be then?" Um, so Same it lineup. was kind of what we expected to see, you know, a, a, a solid lineup. But when you're looking at the temperatures, you're looking at the two games back to back like this. Um, yeah, it was a little nerve wracking to see that we weren't uh, either going to go fully for it or that we were going to kind of bunker down and and see what happens. Um, to be honest, I didn't get to watch the game until eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> my back was to it the whole time while I was drumming and while I was getting assaulted. So um, I didn't get a chance to see the game till this morning and really, um, I mean, even see a minute of it other than knowing that things happened. Um, so it was, yeah, it was not the prettiest game of uh, soccer I think I've ever seen. No, no, it it, it uh, was full of fouls and bad passing. Um, and and then eventually one goal, but, um, uh, I I guess let me ask you if, if, what would the lineup have looked like if they were really going for it? Cause uh, you know, not knowing Portland that well, it looked like you, you had the, the names that I know of, of Valeri, Fernandez, Chara, um, et cetera. Blanco. Blanco. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, when you've looked at the last handful of games, um, the lineups that we put out, the lineup that was on the field could have won a game. I mean, you, you figure it should have. Um, I think most of us Timbers fans are looking at that lineup and we would have said, um, instead of Loria, um, on the field, we've seen Ibobasi, um, up top with Fernandez. Uh, that's, that feels as fans like the magic number some, for some reason. And I think that's what most people would have hoped to see Sunday or Wednesday. We'll see what comes out uh, for Wednesday's game. But that's the biggest change, I think. Um, yeah. Other than that, the, the lineup was just about what we'd expect. Um, Rodrigo, let's you and I talk about Minnesota United's lineup because um, I certainly thought that this would be a heavily weakened team and that the team would be focused on the U.S. Open Cup final or semifinal. Um, and you were wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. I mean, but were you were you surprised at all? No, I mean, we've both... We both agreed to disagree on, on the on the aspect of what what do I pro, what what do I personally prioritize better MLS standings or a U.S. Open Cup game and you know I always go lean but, towards. But what would Heath do? Did you think that Heath would do that? I don't think Heath had much of a choice in the aspect of it. You don't have a Darwin Quintero, so you have to put in a Kevin Molino. Hmm. Uh, and um, right now, with that lineup, then you have to be able to start Ibarra, and so you have to be able to figure something out of that. I was. I'm I'm still the one the one question that I did have is is when does Dotson get get playing time uh, specifically because it's not like he was playing bad before uh, before uh, Mentania came back so where is the so I'm assuming my, my my assumption is that we'll see more we'll see Dotson on Wednesday's game which uh, for could be for a Alonso or for Mentania um I think probably for. A, for Alonso, in a in a sense, I think, depending, I, I I don't I don't see him getting more than maybe thirty minutes. Yeah. But uh, I think Alonso Alonso makes most of the most of most of the most of the time. But I just don't don't see why you would want to make sure that you your six is getting is getting extra extra yeah. time when it doesn't need to. And I think overall, I think um, I think I'd start toy. Over Angelo at this point, just to give Angelo some more rest. Of, we've we've been through through the later later uh, last season when he was towards the end of the season, he was getting injured a lot due to fatigue. And I think um, knowing that you have the least of death to do that, you can you can pretty much um, hope on that. But yeah. you know, but with with Heath, you know, he could throw in the same lineup, and I'd be okay with it as well too. I think uh, I think most of all, I think we'll see you'll see DQ for sure. I think you have to now at this point. So. 
Joel, let me ask you, who from Minnesota United, um, what, what were your observations of, of them as a team? Who, who stood out for you in this game, or, or did anyone? Did Was it... Oh, my Lord. Um, the, a, I mean, the easiest answer is Vito. Uh, he, yeah. he was... Uh, there's a there's a double save that he pulled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where Blanco had, I mean, pretty much open net. Um, and that save was epic. Um, it was just so cool to see um, that kind of stuff coming on from the goalkeepers. Um, I mean, that was a huge game game for him. But other than that, it just – I didn't see a lot going on for any either team. You know, I'm sure for the Timbers, Fernandez, you know, you know, put one off the post. And that's as close as it yeah. really felt like it came. Um, the other thing that really kind of stood out was I don't, who had that cross in like the 70-something minute and Toy almost got oh, a foot on Lottie. it. Then Lottie made the cross? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Was that who, yeah, yeah, you're talking about was, the, the, sliding, the sliding was, back post? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was yep. Dunlady. Everybody in our section was. That is the the that was the the best play Dunlady has had whole season. Yeah. Because that you yeah. could hear you could you know you know the the sound the ball yeah. and the foot make when it's like a really good hard cross. Yeah. It just made that sound and he was as he was lighting and and Toy barely. Missed I don't that. know how that missed. I mean, I it, it, again, it's it was one of those that looked easier than it was actually was, but oh my. Between him and uh, Miguel Ibarra, just uh, Miguel needs to figure out what juju he needs to fix. Like, look, my mother-in-law is at my house right now. Yeah. So if we need to head over there after this to do the whole mal de ojo limpiada for you, because last year you were the curse. <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know. We need to figure out what on Miguel. <laughs> though. Yeah. Because he like he like apparently pissed off some witch doctor uh, and. Uh, and he's paying for it because he. I mean, he probably between the last two games, two or three games, should have had five goals. And somehow, yeah, I, he's I would just, say he's got at least six and, good scoring opportunities. And you see that there was the one that he skied, and then you watch the video again of it, and like the ball magically jumps up, and it's like what? What the hell? You know what that is? That's one of those Buffalo Wild Wing commercials where you're like press the button, and then like something happens on the field to. Yeah. So whoever has the damn button. I mean, Miguel just looked uh, so, so down on his luck. He just looked like he he looked angry, extremely frustrated. And, yeah. and I think he said so on his on on, on his Twitter account as well too. That oh. he's very frustrated about it and that. But he, all he can do is just be patient and and that I mean, and the and to his credit, you know, he this year has been a year where his role has changed compared to last year. And, and as you can always see, he's always on the side that Chase Gasper is on. Yeah. And so he 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 encouraged that defensive role of support. So he's not um, able to to be able to go out and create. And he I don't think he just feels the confidence to be able to just make those runs or dribble at people. The one thing you can count on Darwin Quintero is he'll dribble at people. Yeah. But we had nobody dribbling at anybody. Yeah. It was just make a pass, make a quick pass, and then run try away, to make a run, run away, yeah. and then try to make sure that. The only times Kevin Molino was successful is was he, when he was dri- dribbling at people. Two two quick things, Miguel. One thing I did notice is that he was a little bit more advanced, and so at times he was almost lined up parallel with uh, Angelo, so he'd make a run, and he that's that's how he got the he made that great run to get in to, and then he skied the ball. And the other thing is that Molino had seven defensive actions, and I thought that he was pretty active out there. Um, I'll, I'll say about Portland. Uh, um, Joel, I want to talk about Brian Fernandez because um, he's sure. been spectacular for you guys, and it was so fun to watch him play. I mean, fun in air quotes uh, because you know I've seen him a bit on TV, but like you know, you watch a guy like that play, and he, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've uh, traveled to Portland at all this year, or if this was your first time seeing your 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 team uh, live or seeing Brian Fernandez, but boy, that guy, that guy is a, a, a great find. Yeah, I um, this this was the first game, unfortunately, this year that I've been able to see the, t- the team live, and um, but you know haven't missed a single game yet. And that um, the presence on the field, I think, is the biggest change. You know, we we still see Valeri with the armband on, and but Fernandez has such a presence that um, you know some people might look at and say, okay, he's kind of running the show here, but he's communicating, and that's the stuff I love to see is. You know, asking for passes, reviewing things with with his teammates, um, and so really kind of fitting in as a great puzzle piece. And you know, his striking ability, his you know, the way he can attack is something else. Um, 
but the stuff that's interesting to watch for me is um, you start to see the, the level of frustration too. You know, he comes out hot as fire in his you know first handful of games and scored in every single one. And you can tell when he doesn't score in a game, he's just beat. Yeah. He just feels so badly. And I think you know he's stuck in with this team. It really feels like, and he's definitely at home as another Argentinian, um, you know, on the team. And I think they're really able to connect on that stuff as a, um, you know, a cohesive group. So I think it really feels it. I think he's really, really feeling the Timbers kind of um, family love. I guess the Timbers um, vibe. The um, vibe. <laughs> what the, there was the one spectacular moment from Abobasi to Fernandez. Uh, Bobasi's pass was fantastic. And then Fernandez, if I'm remembering correctly, he kind of like takes it, he either heads it or chests it to himself and kind of gets it. And then, oh, that's not the one where he, hit the, he hits the post. Anyway, it was a Is fantastic. Is that what you're thinking of? No, no, it was a different moment. Um, okay. But it's a fantastic move from a Bobasi to, uh, I'm doing a terrible job describing, a Bobasi <laughs> to Fernandez. I, I'm a big fan of a Bobasi um, mm-hmm. uh, as well. I'm, uh, little bit bummed we didn't take him uh instead we took Dunlady. that's but, another podcast altogether <laughs> yeah or every podcast on this podcast um <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say one of my highlights speaking of fernandez was uh michael boxall all match was basically just in in the like firefight with every player on portland timbers but especially fernandez they were just jawing and going at it and I just I love that shit, you know. I I just he you know it, they, no one was being uh, inappropriate, but it was lots of uh, lots of back and forth, and it made me really excited for uh, for uh, round two or for Rocky two uh, coming up. I think the, the funniest yeah, thing for me mo- was oh yeah, go ahead. No, it's just that uh, right at the maybe fifteen minutes in, there was a corner cake, and you could tell that Fernandez was jawing back and forth with. Um, with Boxo, and they kept on looking at each other and pointing and looking at each other, and Boxo just kept on barking back. And I think from that point, I was I was thinking this is either going to get really interesting or we're going to have a lot of yellows. Well, he pushed him down, right? I yeah, think, or, well, yeah, or or a kind like well, he's Argentinian, so maybe he flopped. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he touched him with the bad touch. I mean, Blanco flopped a lot today, and I, <laughs> and I saw a lot of those, and so yeah. Well, let me let me ask you uh, a couple questions here uh, because there's one. Uh, so Dave Ladig wants to know: Diego Chara, Satan in human form or misunderstood soul? Diego Chara, um, Ozzy Alonso in a mask. <laughs> it, it is great watching them uh, get the band back together. Uh, you know, yeah, it's something. You know, the um, Joker to the Batman. Yeah, Diego you know, was... I think the the thing with Diego Chara is, you know, as a Timbers fan, you love him. Yeah. Um, as anybody else, you hate him because he does his job so well. Yeah. Now, let's be honest too. We all know that he also, you know, when he doesn't make a tackle, he really doesn't make a yeah. tackle. Um, and that happens, and it happens to him a lot more just because he is. If you look at how many times he can dispossess someone. Um, how fast he is to get back on defense. Um, you know, I mean, the way he wheeled back on that cross, um, you know, from Dunlady, that he yeah. it almost was back on it, and he tracked back from the attacking third. Um, it was insane. So that's the kind of stuff that we love about him. Um, I totally understand the frustration that, just, you know, suddenly becomes anger and uh, vitriol. Um, but he's so good at his job. He's just good. He is. He should have had three three yellow cards that game. But that's somehow, that's the other thing. Yeah. Somehow he lives to fight another day. Yeah, it's a gamble. You gotta love. You gotta love his tenacity yeah. and his his ability to be able to at least release the ball quick enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, when you, if you have him on your team, you cheer for him. If he's playing against you, you just hope he doesn't he doesn't break anyone's legs. So. Yeah. He does exactly. You really and believe me, all of us. Uh, I think for the Timbers fans, we think the same thing. Like, please don't. <laughs> Kill anyone? <laughs> not, today, not today. Not today, Diego. I mean, who else, who else Unless plays? it's Seattle, in which case, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except Rui yeah. Diaz. We we love Rui Diaz on this podcast. Um, or any Peruvian on this podcast. Andy uh, Polo. How's Andy Polo doing, by the way? He's still fast. <laughs> um, was he? He is he concussion or is it? Uh, I forget. Is he injured? It's one of those things. I think. But, I believe so. Didn't really study up enough. So. Uh, this is your team, my friend. This is your team. 
I, I will say I that watching this match felt very much like Vancouver to me um, for Minnesota. Um, we were, uh, I thought, very good, uh, but also not good at the same time. Um, uh, there were there were elements of the game that I thought were done well, but the the passing in the final third was not working, and basically it was the finishing. Um, I think Minnesota finished this game with two point six uh, expected goals to Portland's point seven. Uh, we were unlucky in front of goal, uh, but also then we got lucky. Right, the the handball um, comes in the eighty sixth minute, I think, and um, uh, I still haven't seen a great view of it. Uh, it looked like a handball to me at the time. Uh, the weird, uh, in the highlights, the weird views they show seem like a handball, I think. I'm sure, Joel, you have a, a different opinion. Uh, yeah. I, it's, again, you know, the only thing I had was uh, when play stopped and I heard, you know, the chance of VAR coming out of the stands. I, you know, that's pretty much the only part of the game I got to look at was watching yeah. Penso run over to the side of the field. Um, I didn't even catch the replays or anything on the jumbotron, but you know what I saw. What I saw on the replays, it's of course you put on a Homer hat and go, yeah. "Hell no, that wasn't a handball." But I, the thing that gets me is the laws of the game. There was it didn't get called a handball on the field. I don't see anything in the replays yes. that makes me go, "Ooh, clear and obvious, right? Clear yeah. and obvious." Yeah. It's, it's, now here's the other thing. I know if I was sitting in the Wonder Wall directly in front of that. Um, different story, you know, because I, I don't see the ball necessarily deflect. It, it looks to me like it maybe hit him in the armpit, but I'm not a referee, you know, and this is why I'm not a referee. Well, the word <laughs> arm is in armpit, so. Oh, interesting, uh, yeah. So, and then Ethan Finley uh, steps up and uh, and takes it. Uh, Steve Clark does get a hand on it, but it's, a, I think, a pretty good PK, and he puts it away, and that was really, that was really it. I mean, the game was... Um, Minnesota, again, this is the fourth game in a row, I think, where I've said they look tired. And I wonder what Wednesday's going to look like. And then we look, we look tired, er. Yeah. Yes. That was yeah. That I mean, really got me from this game. Is, yeah. You know, from the 60th minute on, I, they had cement shoes. I just don't know what was happening. And, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Portland, like when I started watching, I mean, the game, I was just, it's just that it, it felt like nobody wanted to, to give up any space to be able to give up that that counter attack and i felt that you know to me it just felt that portland wasn't just sinking well and wasn't just being able to create those fast counter opportunities that we've seen you know and at least in the last couple matches against lafc and against uh la galaxy right where it's just you know three long three good passes between you know blanco and fernandez and and then somebody else and then valeri and then and there you go You, you quickly in a span of 10 seconds get get a, get a get a score in so and it just felt that our defense just was 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 holding enough to be able to to clear that ball and, and keep their defensive shape uh while our midfield was trying to figure out what to do in an aspect of create whatever kind of offense it was and i think one of the things about you know i was a little bit more um or less despondent about the the vancouver draw um uh, than, than I think some people. And one of the things that you look back and think, well, if the team is going to be tired um, and look like they're like they're running on empty after playing two months of like basically two two games every week, then at least they're not giving up goals, right? I mean, they may look tired, but uh, Boxall and Opara and Ozzy Alonso don't look tired. And that's the most important part that, you know, at least... You know, we're all. You're always going to have these parts of the season where at least you can grind out a shitty, lucky one-nil win, or you know, an unlucky nil-nil draw, um, because you know that that those are at least positives for me. Because right. at the end of the day, Minnesota United is, and just let this sink into both of your brains, in second in place. In you know, league. Wes, that's the thing that blows my mind. Too. Like, I, I, I may be a Portland fan, but I live in Minnesota, I grew up watching Minnesota soccer, going to Thunder games, and it's so cool to see second place. And um, I had a lot of Timbers friends of mine who, when they saw this game, they're like, I'm going to come and I'm going to watch you know, a win for the Timbers in Minnesota. And I was like, okay, first of all, history. Let's look at that real quick. And second, um, have you watched this team play this season? And um, yeah, there's just it's, it's just fun to watch. It just seems... It's exciting. Yeah, 
I mean, even if it's a game that isn't on its face exciting, uh, you know, and wasn't it is, wasn't it, it throughout. Wasn't, it wasn't. But it wasn't exciting at all. I had Santi was with us, and we brought him through his second game um, at, uh, at Cloud City. So you know, he I think at the 60th minute, which he totally lost interest, and he was like, you know, when can we go home? And the aspect of it, and it's like we can't leave until until the game's over, and so. But once uh, it, it just feel like the last four games have been ever since Dallas. It's been yeah. one of those, one of those we we either can't create enough, we can't finish enough, or we just are not uh, sinking in correctly to be able to create anything at all. And just been lucky enough that to get something at the last minute, or get lucky enough to be able to have our defense hold. And at 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 this point, I was I was a you know I would have been okay with a point against. Timbers and so Timbers and so, um, but having to have the way it happened, it just seems to be that this year I don't know how many VR penalty kicks we've yeah. gotten. Yeah, we. I mean, I think it has been a lucky season, and but sometimes you gotta be lucky. Sometimes yeah. you gotta be good. And I, I think don't these care. last couple of games, <laughs> the, the what matters at the end is the score, right? As much as I might complain about how good we are or how bad we are or how lucky we are, at the end is a score, and um, it's like a three-way tie for for second place, right? Yeah. Point wise, you know, goal differential is a whole different deal. So, well, and when it comes down to MLS Cup, you can still win one without getting a shot on goal. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, you sound very pleased about that. Um, so, uh, I want to now I've got, um, well, I want to actually ask you about uh, Wednesday because we've got Wednesday, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, U.S. Open Cup final, semifinal. Sorry, probably um, one of the biggest <laughs> games, feels like a final. Just, yeah, yeah, just stick with it. Yeah, um, <laughs> one of the biggest games I've ever seen Minnesota play, um, other than perhaps the, the two finals I watched us play. Um, uh, I'm excited about it um, for that reason. I, th- I hope that, you know, the previous Open Cup games, for good reason, you know, they didn't open the upper deck and, uh, you know, that were kind of smaller affairs. I hope that they were able to make this a big enough deal and get it out there that, um, that, Fans will be there and be crazy. Uh, I, do you know where your tickets are? Are they up in the where in the same section? Uh, yeah. So they, uh, okay. we were thinking after seeing New Mexico being the lower bowl and thinking about yeah. that, I was like, oh, maybe we lower. They put us up in one hundred eight again. Um, so I, I mean, I hope that that means that the stadium will have a lot of people in it. Um, or you'll have the whole upper be, deck to yourselves. <laughs> yeah, the whole upper deck and no one to punch me. <laughs> oh, I'll come and punch you if you're feeling lonely. That's right. I got a couple <laughs> offers to punch me four times, although it was all in good fun. So, uh, um, so uh, what, are you expecting anything different on on Wednesday, Joel? Is it going to be the same same game? Uh, just maybe the goal goes the other way or something else or, or do you think so? yeah i mean the thing that's really going to be interesting to see is lineup and i i need to look a little bit closer to see who traveled out or if they made any switches um if someone came out today tomorrow um kind of a thing um i haven't seen much on that um i you know i think the vibe in terms of the timbers army fans where we say okay well we're in the place uh in the standings that we are uh why not try for the cup And so if the, I think if the players, you know, talk with physio and they talk with coach and they say, I'm good to go, we'll see a first run, uh, lineup out there. Um, I, I feel like there's, um, you know, kind of a, without me being in the clubhouse, without being in a locker room, I don't, I don't know what the vibe is, but it certainly feels to fans like, um, the players want it. They're working hard when those cup games come around. So, um, I think it's going to be it's going to really come down to stamina. It really, really is. And I, I do think that this is going to be we. It was a as they say, KG match between the two teams. You know, like you said, Rodrigo, like not wanting to give up the counter and wanting to be very careful. Um, it may start off that way, but both teams know how big this can be. Portland have never won the Open Cup, right? Ever. Uh, correct. Right. Yeah. No. Actually, all four teams still in it have never won it. Um, Minnesota, the furthest they ever got was semifinal, I believe. Um, uh, this is this is one of the biggest games in in Minnesota soccer history. Um, getting to the final would be a big deal. If Orlando beat Atlanta tomorrow, that Jeez. would be a huge deal because then you know Portland have no chance of hosting, but Minnesota would host if Orlando win. Um, 
and and if if uh, Atlanta win and Minnesota win, then Minnesota goes to Atlanta. Um, and so hosting a, a, a cup final like that would just be, I mean, it's it's hard to describe how important. I just the game can't find be. myself cheering for Dom Dwyer. I just I just can't do it. So. Just yeah, just you know what? There's other, there's other people. Do, there's yeah. ten players in the field other than him. So yeah, yeah. But one of them is Will Johnson too. So fuck that oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Will See, Johnson. now there's only like eight. It so. is very tough to find anyone on. I can probably find a, a player on that team I mean, and be if, like, if, I if hope they, that guy scores. If they didn't get rid of your two, then that would have been. Yeah, that yeah, could have gone. That, for it, yeah. I totally would have cheered for yeah. your two, but that's just not. Uh, I, all right, I'm going to finish up uh, with some questions here for you, Joel. Uh, Let's we, do it. We've got this. Twitter questions. Uh, ben Krausgagny asks, "Are you dirty, stinking, or a hippie?" Um, stinking because, uh, boy, that was a sweaty game up there in the 108, uh, up in that section. Um, definitely still feeling stinky. Chad, uh, Chad, I never learned how to pronounce your name, but I see you at the bar all the time. So tell me sometime Oregon Pinot Noir or Oregon Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, Pinot all the way, man. Okay. Give me that big fat fruit. We're, uh, we're drinking, uh, Malbec. Uh, Argentinian Malbec here. Argentinian. Hey, let's the Argentinian. It's important. Well, which actually, by the way, so there was that article about Adrian Heath and how he like drinks with uh, managers afterwards. Yeah, and he did not. So Matias Almeida is there, Argentinian. He did not have a bottle of Malbec there. That is just rude. Like you have a you, you if a, there's an Argentinian there, you have a Malbec, you know. And a big piece of steak. Is the yeah. coaching staff okay? This doesn't seem right. I don't know. I, this it's a it, it extreme. I gaffe. demand Issa watch put on that. Uh, <laughs> we'll ask her. Mike Kinsanella says, "Is it weird that I really don't like the Timbers players, but I really want to like their supporters?" I'll let you answer it, Joel. Um, no, it's not weird at all. Um, that's what we call the supporter culture of the soccer. Yeah, um, yeah. I heard that a lot this weekend. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of fun. All the supporters that I've met, and, you know, I've got to know a lot of people in town here, yeah. like Wes, like yourself, and yeah. some other folks. And um, it's been nothing but great. And then we get to game day, and we look at each other, flip each other the bird, and say, "See you afterward." Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, so to not like the team, and you and Wes, or Wes, you and I talked about this at uh, at the Dubliner. You yeah, know, there's there's been some incidents, and there, you know, uh, incidents. That's the wrong way to put it, but. There's been some words where yeah. he said, I don't like the Timbers. Yeah. And someone says, hey, how dare you? Yeah, it's a Timbers fan who came after me at one point. And I was like, what? I hate your team. I love right. Tio Savarisi, but I hate your team. It's the team that I've been heckling yeah. uh, even exactly. when, they weren't, when we weren't in the same league. But I learned to heckle against your right. team. I would, uh, I would yell about how uh, we were number one, ranked number one in biking, and you guys were number two. It's just, a, I mean, <laughs> really hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'll ask this final question from Steve Lindley. Um, uh, he would love an outsider perspective on what steps does Minnesota United need to take in the next couple of years to reach the sustainable success of the Timbers, both on and off the field. Well, that's very polite of you, Steve. That's a collegiate essay. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, you know, we talked a seconds. little bit about this earlier too. <laughs> I, the, uh, <laughs> the, boy, you gotta get a, you gotta get ready to spend money um, and really scout. Um, you look at how the Timbers have landed the players they do, and it's. I want to know what's what's the magic because the players they're bringing in may not be you know like Diego Valeri is amazing. Yeah. Just oh yes, yeah. and you know. I want to find one person who was an MLS fan that knew who he was before he was signed for the Timbers. Um, well, the, thing, the kind of vibes. The thing vibes about like Valeri that. is that every, literally, you know, uh, Manny Lagos, including every GM, was basically tasked with find us our Diego Valeri. Um, right. Yep. That's how. Yeah, I mean, that I, a, I think that he's been that pivotal for the league. Maybe, yeah, maybe Piatti as well. Um, but yep, that's Valeri has a little bit more of a. Uh, he, he he just seemed to change something in in the way people imagined. Which I think it's yeah. important for the upcoming games, but this last game as well too is that I, I didn't see Valeri getting a lot of touches on the ball, and I think he needs to be like I don't know like a like a pitcher beyond like thirty to forty even fifty touches per game to be able to really start making more, more of a difference. And I and I and I, and I credit our de- defense for doing that, holding them, but also just not. Not people finding him to get him the ball. I think the more he gets the ball, the more, the more he's able to create in the offense aspect and make people make runs. Right. So, and I think that if that, if that's one of the things, if 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 uh, we have a Bobasi on Wednesday starting with Brian 
Ryan Fernandez, and then that's that's something that I would look to see is because those how those three will connect, and how Blanco will try to intersect themselves into that. Uh, but right. but I think that's that's just one thing that I that I that I saw, and that's why it made me believe that Portland was was being really conservative in some sort of sense, because Valeri was not touching the ball as as often as I've seen him touch the ball. So. Right. Yeah. And so that's you know, obviously we're talking about Valeri, and that's. I think it's easy to kind of just concentrate on that, but um, you know, you have. You, do you have a Diego Chara? Do you have someone that can just dispossess and be solid um, as a defensive midfielder? Um, that's really big. It's really fun to see the ch- the difference in the defense for Minnesota. That's you know, if you don't have a good back line, I think you oh, look yeah. at the Timbers in 2016, some of the struggles in 2017. And I think a lot of people are like, our back line is trash. You know, we, we, we didn't have nap orchards. You know, we, we, you know, there's all these things, you know, and, and Ridgewell, you know, loafing, the issues that came along there. And he was, you know, put on the bench for a while. And all that drama of our back line, it, we weren't playing well. Was and, it, um, is nap orchards in town with the team? Um, I didn't see him. Oh, man. Um, I, I, but, I want that guy to show up at my bar really bad. I love him. Um, we should both tweet at him and we'll find out. Nah, He's, come sing karaoke yeah. with me tomorrow night at the bar. For real, yeah. <laughs> well, oh. well, Joel, um, thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, it, it's yeah. so great uh, talking to you uh, about Portland. Um, obviously, um, good luck on Wednesday, but like... Good but luck also, really, right? Yeah, yeah. but also, like, l- fuck you. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll give you the, the, the Minnesota, you know, the Minnesota That's nice right. thing. It's like, nice seeing yeah. you. Go oh, home. yeah, That's great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thank I'll, you. Don't worry. Well, we're going to slide by and try and watch the uh, the Orlando-Atlanta game tomorrow night. So, I'll, you know, I'll give you a, a high five. And on the way out, I'll give you the bird. It'll be perfect. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so Looking much, man. Looking forward to it. Yep, take thanks care. Thanks for the time, guys. Yep, bye. Back on the 551 podcast, it is Twitter question time. Most of the Twitter questions for were for uh, Joel. Um, but uh, let's see. Um, Matthew Bergeron says, uh, with the heat on Sunday, both squ- squads look gassed and an away fixture at Dallas this weekend even hotter. Are we going to see a full squad of reserves on Wednesday? Um, no, you shouldn't. I mean, you want to win, right? So then you shouldn't. you shouldn't. You try to put the best winning combination out there. I mean, Lude, Lude saw some, some time. Oh, yeah. Some time. He had maybe 10, 15 minutes. I yeah, think. we didn't talk about him. Yeah. He um, Probably because he didn't do that much. But. No, but he, w- he was trying to connect on the wings. And so I saw a lot of quick combinations that he was trying to do. I think he was he's trying to fill out where, where, where his role may be played. And he was physical at times trying to dispossess people. I think from what I've seen, he can he can, he can do a, a really quick one-two. And... Uh, and move that ball, and I'd like to see more opportunities of that. And hopefully he gets more playing time on Wednesday. I think that's one of those places where you where you don't think so. I don't think he will because you can only have six internationals uh, out there. Okay. And so it's very unlikely that they'd use one on him. Um, the one thing about him, I, after the goal, it was very funny to watch the bench try to indicate the formation shift that they wanted because mm-hmm. they wanted to move to a 4 mm-hmm. and they wanted him to move in Central as a as central, and then Abu Ladi to tuck in as as a as a wide midfielder on the left, and so Ladi and everyone was doing like who me no you no him no me wait which one and they were like all just pointing and like are you yelling at me because it's all they're like Heath and Fuller are yelling across the pitch to try to get them to be like no you. Lude, you're tucking in central, and there you can see the symbols they're yeah. trying to do. Tucking in by pulling the arms into the chest. Oh, it's great! I love Reception. watching that stuff. Reception. Um, uh, no, I, I think that uh, look. I think the fact is that um, it is very likely that the Dallas game is a loss, and I think that that's not the end of the world, um, especially if we win on Wednesday. But I said this before, a lo- like a. A heartbreaking loss on Wednesday could also have a bad effect on these last 11 games going down, right? Um, you've seen like teams kind of fall apart uh, after those. Um, and so I think it's important to win this game on Wednesday. That's the most important. And then uh, go out on, on Saturday and survive. Get a draw. Like, you know, recoup for the next week because you've got a full week of recovery after that. But... Um, 
let's see. Uh, Toby Seisler says, will, will we see Finley and Ibarra starting on the wings again this Wednesday? Who has a better game? I don't know, man. But um, for the I mean, first Ethan, part of the question. Ethan is a, Ethan, I, think, I think you do. I think you do. If they're fit, I think you do. Uh, if not, I mean, if one of them needs to rest, and I think that's when you probably plug in Abu Dunlati on the wing. Well, what if what if uh, Quintero's back, and then you put Molino instead of Ibarra? Well, you we already you've already pointed out that that Molino is not a full ninety, so so mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't see if he's not if he's his recovery time for that from between those two games. I, if he plays, he he wouldn't play more than more than sixty. I think I would do it. Sure. And so I think if you're trying to set up a Set up a, a winning strategy. Is you wanna you know wanna be able to you know plug in, play the. I mean, I would play the young loons. You know, play the young guys. Play the, which guys? You know, uh, Dotson. You have Gasper and then uh, Toy. You know, I, I would yeah. try to plug them in somewhere in there, and um, give Dunlady a, a shot on the wing. And if Angelo is is fit, um, he should be able to get some minutes. But I think you have to be able to come up with and and and. With a strategy in the aspect of how you how you want to do, it. if you kind of want to frustrate them the same way that we did this past game, which I think uh, is a strategy, but I don't know if it will be the best specifically if the Timbers decide to put uh, change the formation and, and, and put another another forward up top as well too, uh, could 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 create um, a different uh, poise because right up from the beginning, I think five minutes in. Uh, there was a miscommunication between Gasper and I believe was it uh, was it Boxel and then uh, Fernandez almost had a oh. had an opportunity to, yeah. to put the ball away. So I, I I feel that if the Timbers are able to take their advantages of their situations, um, you know it could be it could be an interesting game for sure. So Charlie asked this question um, and maybe we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but so maybe there's nothing new to add. But what happened to the Loons' offensive lethality? I think we, for this, I mean, I don't know, for this whole season, we've been trying to figure out what is our identity, right? What is our yeah. attacking identity? And I think uh, if at least from the past seven, eight games, we've seen that we don't possess the ball 50% of the time. We're usually a counterattacking well, team. The, the, the period where we were the most successful, the, that, that run of six wins in a row, whatever, we were playing on the counter almost all, the whole time. And I, and I think we and, still are, in a sense. Um, but we had we had majority of it against Vancouver. Um, I don't know about Dallas. Dallas was a pretty even game. This uh, last game with the Timbers, I think it was like a 30 or like a 40... We had 60? 40? Yeah, I think we were close to 40, oh. 40% of the possession of the ball. And I think that's that's one of the things that you're looking for. Where Where is this team trying trying to go to and i think right now uh because there seems to be no um offense to be created or or zinc or uh, there's the players are not in sync to be able to create that offense and you know that comes in with uh you know bringing in uh metanier again and having him acclimated to 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 what's been yeah. going on there and then Seeing how um, everybody else reacts to that, I think that's where we get a little bit more possession out of that. But we're still, I believe, trying to counterattack, um, specifically when you have young players uh, up there that they can make those runs. So. And I, I do, I'd also say, like, I, I do believe that we are a tired team. That um, we are, you can see it out there where they are trying so hard, but it's just, you know, the, you can see a little bit of sloppiness there. And especially when it comes to finishing. That sloppiness just happens, you know, the, just a little bit. Like Toy was just a little bit off to to finish that goal. Right, and Miguel, and Miguel, and Miguel didn't cut off early enough to be able to make that run to the yeah, second post in several locations. So I understand being tired. I totally, I totally understand that. It's the long part of the season. We have eleven games to go, but um, also you should try not to waste such opportunities. I mean, I think, peop- I think Angelo had a, a, a had an okay game. Um, I think his best play was probably that back heel nutmeg that he that he was able to give to Ibarra and that weird bounce that he took and um, he didn't he wasn't really over his body wasn't over the ball mm-hmm. when he tried to take the shot so he was he was uh, stretching for it and so you know that's unlucky but at the same time if you if you're trying to play for a starting role you you, you can't pass up those opportunities no no. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's call it a day. Uh, obviously, um, we've got uh, we've got um, uh, Orlando versus uh, Atlanta to watch tomorrow night, um, and then we've got uh, um, uh, the game against Portland on Wednesday, and yeah. then all the and action happening this weekend. Liga Femenina started back up today, so I've been watching some of that as well too. So. Yeah, there's so no it, shortage. There's no shortage of what, what to watch. Um, I'm excited for the new EPL season. Uh, Newcastle Arsenal, yeah. 8 a.m. I'll see you on Sunday. I think we'll probably make that, yeah. We might, yeah. I might bring some friends. At some of these games, I, not for this weekend, but at some of these games I've got some uh, Surly, um, uh, like they've got all those shows going on at the Surly concert field. So I've got a few tickets for that, but not this weekend. But I've got other cool things this weekend. Anyway, I will see you all. Thank you. Bye.